You are about to listen to Pastor Tunji Oladimeji, the pastor in charge of RCCG, the Royal Courts. Listen and be blessed. Worship the Lord of Lords. Worship the great and mighty God. Worship our God who is mighty in battle. Our God who excels in strength. Is the Asian of days. You're the lion of the tribe of Judah. You're the Lord of our strength. You're the Lord of our shield. You're the Lord of our king. You're the Lord of our banner. Father, we give glory to your holy name. In you we have life. Your life is our light as man. Your light shineth in us. Darkness comprehends not your light. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. In you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name, our Father. Our shield, our buckler, our strength. Glory be to your name. Bedi balo si kapata lala balo se terebosa. Jesus, we give you praise. Jesus, we give you praise. Jesus, we give you praise. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name, we are worshipped. I'm serving the God of miracles. I know, yes, I know. I am serving the God of miracles. I know, yes, I know. I'm serving. strong and mighty our God who is mighty in battle our strength enthroned above the circle of the cherubim you are the king eternal you are the king eternal you are the king immortal you are the king with all power in heaven and on earth 
the Father of mercies, the God of all grace. Thank you for preservation. Thank you for being our support structure. Thank you for not allowing the plans of the enemy to prevail over us. Thank you for sparing us from confusion. Thank you because you saw us through the month of January. You saw us through the month of February. You saw us through the month of March. You saw us through the month of April. Today is already the seventh day in this month of May. Father, we ask that all through this month, let your grace make a difference in our life. Amen. The heights that no human hand can take us to, let your grace take us there. Amen. Take us into a higher life, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, eternal rock of ages. Be thy exalted forever and ever. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Somebody who is going to experience a higher life shouts a living amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord Jesus? God bless you. Have your seats in Jesus' name. Today, very quickly, we want to look at better the place of higher life. Of course, when we talk about higher life, we're talking about a superior kind of life. We're talking about a life beyond limitation. We're talking about a life that is not subject to human interpretation, but rather divine revelation. And that's what I trust God for all of us today. That before today is over, God will take you to a better place. You did not hear me. If you add me, your amen will be different. I said before today is over, God will take you to a better place. God will take you to a higher place. Amen. God will take you to a place that is superior. Amen. That is beyond human limitation. Amen. If that is you, can I hear you shout amen? amen. Can I hear another amen? amen. All right, please look with me very quickly to Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35. And I read very quickly from verse 1 all the way to verse 15. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. And make thee an altar unto God, the one who appeared unto you when thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all them that were with him, 
put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourself. Change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God. The one who answered me in the days of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands and the rings which were in their ears. And Jacob eat them under the oak which was at Shechem. And they journeyed and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, the same is Bethel. He and all the people that were with him, and he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God was revealed unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. And it gets interesting here. And Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died. And she was buried below Bethel, under the oak. And the name of the place was called Alohom Bakut. And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came from Padanaram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall no more be called Jacob. But Israel shall thy name be. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loin. And the land which I gave unto Abraham and Isaac to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he spake with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he spake with him, a pillar of stone. And he poured out a drink offering thereon, and poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke to him, Bethel. Now, when we look at the scripture, you find out that this story or the name Bethel, this was not the first place and time that we are. The original story that God was referencing was actually in Genesis chapter 28. And in the third service, we'll be looking at that. Now, it was in Genesis chapter 28 that the man Jacob after taking his brother's blessing and he heard that his brother had vowed because someone had his brother talking to someone that my mother will mourn twice and in the name of jesus i want to pray for every mother under the influence of my voice you will not mourn over your children in the mighty name of jesus christ the brother said my mother will mourn twice. Number one, because 
he was planning to kill his brother. And because he recognized that when a parent bury their children, they usually don't last long. In his mind of mind, that will accelerate the death of their father, Isaac. But that person came and told their mother. And their mother went and told Isaac, even though not mentioning that there was death in the offing, he mentioned to Isaac, look, this boy has come of age. Let us send him out so they can go and marry from our family. And Isaac listened, and then the rest was history. But the Bible said that day as he was going, it was sad. He didn't even have enough time to pick clothes. He had just the clothes he had on him, and he had a staff, just in case trouble met with him along the way. He was such a sad man. A man who had been in the comfort of his parents, who had been in the comfort of his family all the days of his life. And this was that man who had to be driven away because of trouble. But the Bible said he got to a place that was called Luz. And at Luz in the night, he couldn't go further. He was tired, he had to sleep. Because he was a fugitive running, he could not even situate himself in the right place. So he only was able to hide somewhere. The Bible said he had stone for a pillow. And in the middle of the night, God visited him. And that is to tell you, children of God, that you may have stone for a pillow, but the plan of God for your life cannot be stopped. The Bible said God visited him that night. How? He suddenly saw a revelation. He saw a ladder leading into heaven. Angels were coming down and angels were going up. And he saw God at the top of the ladder. And God said to him, Jacob, he said, yes, sir. He said, I'm the God of your father, Abraham and Isaac. Don't worry, I will take care of you. You may be fleeing from death, but I promise you that nothing will go wrong with you. You may be fleeing from confusion, but I promise you that my plan for your life will come to pass. And so when we talk about Bethel, we're talking about the place of divine connection. Because a lot of times what we see in church, what we see in Christianity, and what we see in religion is the interpretation of God to other people by the revelation of other people. So a lot of times when you see people talk about God, it's not their own personal revelation. When you see people relate with God, when you see people express God, it is what somebody else told them about God, that is what they have been running with. And trust me, children of God, when you run with other people's revelation, you cannot get to your destination. The best that will happen to you is you will get stuck where they got stuck. Up until that time, Jacob was running with a revelation, with an understanding of God that his father or his father's father gave to him. Read through the Bible. Up until that time, there was no place where he had personal encounter with God. He could not have had personal encounter and then he would be doing the things that he's been doing. He robbed his brother. 
out of his birthright. But the Bible says, Here, God visited him. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I want to trust God for every one of us here today that before today is over, we will have a personal visitation from God. You see, that visitation is important, and I'll tell you why. For this man called Jacob, it was a place where he was encountering God for the first time. In the story that we just read in Genesis chapter 35, so in Genesis 28, he encountered God for the first time. In Genesis 35, he encountered God for the second time. And this is the placement of life for people who have relationship with God. So there are people here who today for the first time they have encounter with God. There are people who are seated here who today here in this house they have a revalidation of what God has said to them. There are people seated here today who will not only have revalidation but they will be reminded of what and where they dropped the ball. In Genesis 35, God reminded Jacob, you made a promise to me. You have not fulfilled the promise. You said if I take care of you, if I provide for you, if I give you clothes to wear and food to eat, and I bring you back to your father's house, you said to me that you will build an altar for me. So where is the altar? And so he went and he built the altar. But in whatever realm, in whatever face, in whatever chapter of life where we are, when we have divine visitation, God does not leave us in that place. So can I say with all assurance, I don't know in what chapter of life you might be, but before today is over, positively, your level will change. Amen. I say in the name of Jesus, your level will change. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, your level will change. Amen. What does Bethel represent very quickly? Number one, Bethel is a place of divine encounter. It's a place where God meets man. Remember, I did not say where man meets God. It's a place where God in his awesomeness, in his almightiness, decides to reveal himself to man. There are people who have heard of God. There are people who have had several testimonies of God. And then they wonder. They wonder. When will I have this kind of encounter? I remember Pastor Deboe told us a story, once, funny story. And I tell you that it's also happened to me before. About the first time he was in a place and someone says, thus says the Lord. He said he opened his eyes and he was talking to the person beside him. He said, when did God say that? And the person said, shh, hold on, God is speaking. And then he said from that time, an hunger began in him. That if it is true that people can hear God, he wants to hear God. And trust me, children of God, until you start to hear God yourself, you are open to human manipulation. Uh, can I even put it in a, another way? You are open even to pastoral manipulation. God wants to speak to man. God had been talking to man. 
You would have heard me say several times, God wants everybody to come back to Eden, into the place where is the one speaking to them, where there is no intermediation. So if anybody will come and say, thus says the Lord to you, it will be a confirmation of what God personally told you in the place of prayer. And a lot of times, most of us are not there. What happened is, you keep wondering, what did God say? What did God say? So Bethel, for Jacob, is a place of divine visitation is the place of divine realization that is actually true for man to hear God. He had before that time his grandfather would say, I had God, was with Jacob. If you read that story, if you continue from that 28, and when you get home, read what was missing between Genesis 28 and Genesis 35. You see that Jacob went through a lot, he got to a place. He worked for his uncle. He saw a woman that he loved. He said he wanted to marry the woman. The uncle said, walk seven years to marry this woman. He was in a hurry. He walked seven years. On the eve of his wedding day, what he worked for was not what he was given. He was cheated. He became angry. But love was powerful to make him work another seven years. So in other words, what he should get in seven years, he got in 14 years. You might be under the influence of my voice and you look like someone who is delayed. In fact, when Jacob voiced out against his father-in-law, he told him, he said, you're a wicked man. Three different times you changed my wages. You will say to me, I will pay you this. When it is time to be paid, you will change the story. You will say to you, I will do this for you. When it is time for it to manifest, you will shift the goalpost. But at the end of the day, what happens? God gave Jacob an idea, an indication to let Jacob know that it was with him. Jacob became the first. And it happens in the children of Abraham that way. All of them became the origin of some kind of scientific discovery. So in the case of Isaac, it was irrigation. He has never been had. If it is not raining, it's not raining. People only water their plants by rain. So if it's not raining, there's drought. But God gave Isaac the understanding that you can drink a well and use sprinkler. If you go to Kanu, if you go to Chalawa, there's a place called Chalawa in Kanu. You know, it's an agricultural you know, endeavor. And that's why it looks like, you know, there's tomato and pepper coming out of the north every time. Now, if you go in between Kanu and Jigawa, you find that, all the way to Duse, you find out that it's a very hot and difficult land. And Kanu would have experienced the same fate, but for irrigation. So in Chalawa, 365 days, 366 in some instance, around the year, there's a green plant growing up. Why? Because irrigated continuously. So God gave Isaac the understanding for irrigation. In the place of Jacob, what did God give to him? It was Jacob, genetic discovery. Jacob took a stick. When God was going to transfer wealth to him, God gave him an idea. Because who, who, whoever said to him that it was possible for him to take a stick, paint the stick, and put it in the place where animals meet. And as they were meeting, the Bible says that all the animals 
all the babies that those animals gave birth to, they became speckled. They became dotted. Why? Because his father-in-law was about to cheat him again. His father-in-law told him that when the animals become pregnant and then they give birth, everyone that is spotted will be yours. If I say the one that is unspotted will be yours. And he saw that the ones that were unspotted became many. And then he changed it again and said, this time around, we're not going away. The one that is spotted will be yours. And so God gave Jacob an idea. Take a stick. Punch the stick with paint. Plant it in the place where animals drink water and they mate. And as they mate, as they are looking at what they are seeing, the children that is conceived and that is bred, you know, brought forth will become speckled. And that was how God redeemed Jacob. God gave him a genetical, you know, it became innovative genetically. Science had not discovered that. It has not been said before, but that happened in the life of that man. So God took care of him. The promise of God for his life came to pass. Let me give us one more, which is very important. That Bethel is a place where every middleman between God and you matters no more. It's a place where you do not see any other person, but you see God. You see God, you hear the voice of God, you receive the direction of God, you receive instruction of God, you receive assurance of God, but the most important thing is that it's not coming from another man to you, but it's coming from God directly to you, so you can hold on to it. So that whatever thing happens along the line, you know, this is not what God said. And trust me, children of God, until you get to this level as a Christian, you have not started. Until your relationship with God becomes personal, you have not started. Until your relationship with God becomes unique, you cannot be unique in life. You cannot have a unique testimony in life. And that's why it's a place where every man should hunger for. Show me any man in the Bible who had a unique testimony, who had a unique story, who had a unique result, who did not have a personal encounter with God. Either they were saved from trouble, either they were instructed for the next level. It was a place of personal encounter. It was a place of a word to them that nobody had. When Abraham was going to come out of his father's house, whoever would tell a 75 years old man, at 75, at best, you want to retire. At 75 and failing, you will not try again. But at 75, God told Abraham, we're just about to start. But if you're going to experience this story, if you're going to have this testimony, leave your father's house. Leave your kindred. Leave your people. Go into a nation that I will show you. And the Bible said Abraham left. Genesis chapter 12. And Abraham came to the place where God wanted him to be. And per seconds, per seconds, God was revealing himself. In Genesis chapter 13, God revealed himself. In Genesis chapter 15, God revealed himself. In Genesis chapter 16, God revealed himself. In Genesis chapter 17, God revealed himself. In Genesis chapter 18, God revealed himself. And spoke to Abraham into chapter 19. In Genesis chapter 22, God revealed himself to Abraham. God led Abraham by clear direction. For instance, in Genesis chapter 16, 
Abraham and God, Genesis 16, Genesis 17, were having conversation. And that conversation started in Genesis 15, when Abraham was telling God, I'm getting older, I don't have a child. And every time you will come and say, I'm your shield, an exceeding great reward. And the older I get, the clearer it becomes that Eliezer will take over from me. God told him, who told you Eliezer will? Eliezer will not take over from you. The one that will come from your loin is the one who will take over. Abraham said, God, how will I know? Abraham and God went into a special covenant. In Genesis chapter 16, error happened. Sarah suggested that Abraham should sleep with, with Agai. Abraham did. In Genesis chapter 17, when God came and said, Abraham, I'll still give you that child. Abraham said, God, leave the issue of that child. I already have one. Bless Ishmael. Leave Isaac. I don't want this Isaac anymore. God said, Isaac will still come. And in Genesis chapter 18, God revisited him just to tell him, I've not forgotten you. And also to tell him about impending confusion for Lot. Now, fast track to Genesis 22. God told Abraham, sacrifice Isaac. God gave him Isaac. And God said, sacrifice Isaac. And except for that encounter that is persistent, that is continuous in the life of Abraham, error will follow. And that's where I find Islam a bit challenging. Now, my question is, if God did not stop Abraham from killing Isaac, today, would we be killing our first child? But God did not do that. And it was not even, it was Isaac. It was not Ishmael. But Islam flipped it and said it was Ishmael and not Isaac. But you and I know that that's not true. But for the place of revelation, Abraham would have killed Isaac. The Bible said when he took up the knife and was going to put, he heard a voice from God say, Abraham, don't go there. He said, look ahead of you. There's a ram whose horn had been caught in the locket of a tree. Take that ram, replace with Isaac. And that was exactly what happened. How about Isaac? Isaac lived in the shadows of his father. His father even married for him. He never had a personal encounter. So he was living in the reality of fulfillment. So yes, God made a promise and is fulfilling the promise to Abraham. And Isaac was blessed because of Abraham. And Ishmael was blessed because of Abraham. But there was nothing unique about Isaac until he started hearing God directly. Read all through. The Bible never said Ishmael heard from God. Oh yes, Agar heard from God. Because Agar was going to abandon. Agar ran away initially from, from, from Sarah. And God knew that she would suffer. And God knew that what was inside of her belonged to Abraham. So God said to her, go back, otherwise you will not fulfill destiny. And it was at that point that God said to Agar, don't worry. Since this one belonged to Abraham, and Abraham is living in covenant, this one too will prosper. Just like Isaac became 12 prince, or 12 princes, Ishmael also had 12 princes. So they had the same blessing. The same blessing that was on Abraham, that same blessing was on Isaac, that same blessing was on Ishmael. Twelve princes each. But what distinguished Isaac was in Genesis chapter 24 or Genesis chapter 26 when Isaac was going to do what his father did. 
and he would have gotten into the same problem that his father got into. There was famine. It was because of famine that Abraham went to Egypt. It was while he was in Egypt that he got agar for a present. And it was agar they eventually introduced. Now the Bible said there was famine. And Isaac was setting up to go to Egypt. And God came to him and said, don't make the same mistake of your father. Because if you find out, you discover that they have the same gene problem. And what was that gene problem? When Isaac or when Abraham first went to Egypt, they saw his wife. Pharaoh saw his wife. He wanted his wife. What did Abraham do? He lied. When he went to the land of the Philistine, Gera, the Bible said Abimelech saw his wife. He wanted his wife. What did he do? He lied. When Isaac went to the, air, the same Gera, the Bible said Abimelech saw his wife again. The Jew of Abimelech, he wanted his wife. What did Isaac do? He lied. So trust me, children of God, until you have a personal encounter with God, you will fail where your parents failed. You will be limited where they are limited. You will have the same confusion. If there's a sickness that is going on in families around you, you will have the same problem. You have the same failure syndrome. You have the same lying syndrome. You have the same sin syndrome. But in the place of personal encounter, all those things were taken away. When Isaac had an encounter, God said to him, don't go. Stay here. In this place is your prosperity. And the Bible said he stayed. And according to the word of God, he became prospered. Everything that the enemy owed were handed over to him. Because every time you get to the place of battle, yes, you have victory with God, but you enter into another round of struggle. But in that struggle, the difference is God will be with you. So battle is a place where God is with you always.